Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey folks, before we talk to Cliff Schechter, let's talk about our Amazon link for the holidays at BobSeska.com. Whether you're shopping for yourself or if you're buying music by one of our excellent indie bands, or if you're getting a jump on your holiday shopping without leaving your house, don't forget to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. Our special link will take you to the front page of Amazon.com where you can go shopping until you're dropping, and by doing so through our link, we receive a teeny tiny commission on some of your purchases. Thanks for shopping through our Amazon link, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, November 11, 2020, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. My guest today is a returning favorite and a friend of the show. The great Cliff Schechter is here. Cliff is the co-host of the Unprecedented Podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, along with such shows as this one, SexyLiberal.com. And, of course, he's one of the smartest, most badass Democrats I know. Make sure to follow Cliff on Twitter, at Cliff Schechter. That is S-C-H-E-C-T-E-R. And support his Patreon page at Patreon.com slash UnprecedentedPod. Links in the description. Okay, let's talk about the election and what's next for the Republic with the great Cliff Schechter. Um, I don't know if you saw this yet today, but Charlie Kirk tweeted just a, a few minutes ago. He said, I wonder why President-elect Joe Biden called a lid at 12.17 p.m. today on a Monday... <laughs> Right as Georgia announces a hand recount of their votes. Charlie Kirk thinks it's still Monday, Cliff. And then yesterday, Eric Trump tweeted out a reminder to everyone to make sure to go and vote on November 10th. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder they lost. They don't even know what day of the week it is, for Christ's sake. I say, it's kind of an improvement for most of them, because most of them still think it's 1880. <laughs> so in some ways... If they're only a couple days behind, I suppose we're really moving up there, aren't we? Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my God. So did you see uh, Donald Trump at Arlington Cemetery today? Apparently he showed up late, leaving soldiers, leaving observers, standing there in the rain, and then didn't actually carry the wreath to the tomb. He just walked up and groped the wreath as it was just sitting there. He just reached out and touched it like he was 
you know, moving on it like a bitch. <laughs> and so like, holy shit, this is what he does. His first appearance in public after that shit show last week on election night, the first time he shows up in public, he goes up and gropes a wreath at the tomb of the unknown. How about that? Wow. I guess he couldn't find any other ladies in close enough proximity. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's also never learned how to, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a big deal. And if he did the big things right, which, of course, he's terrible at those. He's terrible at everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, just these little things that show you actually care about being president. Yeah. For example, he you don't salute, you know, at the time right. there. What you do is you put your hand on your heart. Every yeah. other president has taken the five seconds or a second and a half it requires to learn that. Mm -hmm. And yet, nope, he's still doing it the wrong way. <laughs> on his final time before we kick his ass out of office. Right, so I, right. I, I, you know, I can't loathe him enough. We had our friend on my podcast today, Unprecedented, everyone. So yes. I'm do that. That's on the Sexy Liberal part. Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com. It's your podcast superstation. Thank you very much. All right. Well done, Bob. You're better than I am at this stuff. <laughs> I, I, uh, I try. <laughs> you can see where Bob's a longtime radio pro here, and I'm just some schmo. But <laughs> we... we we had uh, we had Mary Trump on today, who I know you had on. Oh, hey, you were she's, just yeah, she's awesome. Uh, I, I didn't know, you know, like I kind of got to know her about a year ago. All these weird coincidences that her aunt went to the same, and actually Donald himself went to the same schools my mom did in Queens way back when, and all this stuff. And wow, and um, it's, you know, so we hit it off, and she came on our show, and then uh, you know, about whenever her book came out a while back, and then she came out today. And um, and she's just awesome. And so we were talking about all of this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's like <sighs> the, the little things, the big things, the I mean, how how is it that 70 whatever million people voted for this person? The yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, um, uh, our, our democracy, I, you know, I don't people are scared of of, of a coup. Mm. And and I'm not saying we don't have to be very vigilant. Of course we do. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going on here right now because I don't think he has the support, quite no. frankly. No. But my God, if they damage the, like the guardrails are such that you know how this is going to go in the future, right? Like no Republicans are going to concede ever again. Oh yeah, yeah. They're going to, Every election is going to go like this. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's been one of the many, many damaging things throughout the last four years is Donald Trump has no respect for the traditions of the office, no respect for norms and, and so on. The same things that we've been repeating. And I find it so utterly frustrating that there are still people out there going, oh, yeah, he'll eventually figure it out and he'll concede. <laughs> no, he's never going to pivot. He's never going to pivot. It's never going to happen, is it? Donald Trump became president. Where's Van Jones? When he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm not. Wouldn't be surprised if he was the first one out of the box to say, "Yes, Donald Trump will eventually pivot to a concession, and then he'll invite Joe Biden to the I mean, White House, and Melania will have Jill Biden over, and they'll talk about things." And no, it's not going to happen. And Mary Trump says it best in in terms of. Uh, Donald Trump's psychology, he's not wired for concession. It's impossible. He can't physically do it. Lawrence O'Donnell added to it. It's like asking Donald Trump to run the New York Marathon. He yeah, can't physically a do it. Asking monkey to drive a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's beyond his intellectual capacity. It's beyond his emotional capacity. That's what gets me. I mean, again, this is the stuff that <clears throat> when you see me periodically lose it mm -hmm. on various, you know, I try not to make it personal, <clears throat> excuse me, with individuals, but I get really angry at like the New York Times and others when they're when the mainstream media pulls this kind of kind of crap. You know, it, it, it's a matter of like you don't even need insight into Donald Trump. You just need insight into human nature, like yeah. with very few exceptions. 
unless something huge and life changing happens and you're like, oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. I, I almost died and I have to, people don't change. I mean, they may mature and sort of get a little better yeah. over life though. Donald Trump's never shown any ability to do that. But like, I just couldn't stand the sort of the, the, the sort of purposeful stupidity of, ha- you know, having to play dumb mm-hmm. as a reporter, like you, like, you know, like you just woke up yesterday after like a 20 year nap and you don't know any better. Like, well, maybe he'll change. Maybe <laughs> he'll say something magnanimous. Right. Maybe he'll do the right thing. I mean, this is somebody who's never done any of these things. Yeah. Of course he's not. So you, you have to separate that from whether he can pull off a coup. I, I think that there's enough of the, the retired and current military brass, as well as the spooks and the CIA and other people that would stand up and not allow that to happen. And I, I, I worry about it less because of that. If I felt like he had the support to do it, I actually would worry about it because I know yeah. he would do it if he could. But you got to separate from what you think he can get away with from what you know he would do. He's yeah. not going to concede. He's not going to say anything gracious to the Bidens. He's not. Of, of course he's not. Like, mm-hmm. why pretend he could? Well, his whole thing, Cliff, is about the Trump brand. In fact, the entire business model of the Trump organization is not real estate. It's branding. It's all about the Trump name. It's all about the hair and the orange makeup and the ill-fitting suits and the obnoxiousness on Twitter. It's all part of a yeah. thing. The nouveau riche gold plate penthouse, the Liberace nightmare at the top of Trump Tower. These are the things that sell Donald Trump. These are the things that make him whatever money he's got, whatever money his family has. So therefore, the one thing you can never expect from him, the one, the one thing that you should never expect from him is for him to change his brand. And his brand is right. not accepting defeat. And he'll spend the rest of his life insisting that he won this election. Well, I mean, that's the biggest problem is that, look, 79 percent except are saying Biden is a legitimate president, including over half of Republicans. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the ones bringing it down to 79 percent. That should be 98 or whatever percent it should be. Right. In, yeah. in, you know, but what they've done is, is they've made it so that there's enough people that doubt this enough among the deplorables, as Hillary so accurately said. Mm-hmm. And the problem with all of that is, as you just you know, were talking about, which is, is that, you know, overall, a majority of Americans support sanity. Yeah. But you've got one of our two major political parties that gets to nominate somebody for president and now every single time there is an election that big and frankly every state you know that nominates a governor with a few exceptions a Larry Hogan or a Charlie Baker here and there in more liberal states where they where they may have some sort of sane republicans i would even argue as much as i don't like him Mike DeWine here at least is on the conservative end of sane yeah. you know as republicans go but but the, the vast majority of these people are going to be people, people that come from the very same mindset of it's all just branding yeah they don't believe in governing they have absolutely no solutions to any of your problems whatever they may be they're not going to offer any they're mm-hmm. going to tell you that it's infrastructure week next week constantly they're going to tell you they've got uh, 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 their own health care plan to cover people with pre-existing conditions for eight years and not have it you know they're, they're always their taxes are always going to be getting audited so they can't release them for you to see them i mean this is what we're looking at yep you know and that's the bigger problem mm-hmm. is what he's done long term here and obviously it's kind of impossible to expect some sort of reconciliation with these people i mean obviously they are stuck in this whether they want to be or not and i think they do want to be but uh, there's going to be no level of outreach that's going to change any dynamics of any election movement 
moving forward. You know, uh, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris going into the diners and talking to the diner people, the white guys and wherever, upper Wisconsin or the upper peninsula of Michigan, it's never going to happen. So it seems to me, and I'd love to get your take on this, that the only real way forward is to have the Democratic Party continue to register new voters and to continue to get those voters out. I mean, obviously, register them as Democrats, get those voters out to uh, their polling places, get them the mail-in ballots that they need every time we do this, to expand the voting base of the Democratic Party, just feeding upon those people who didn't vote before. I mean, you look at this past election, 13% of voters in this election were first-timers, and 66% of those first-timers voted for Joe Biden. I think we need more of that, right? Absolutely. And and look, the trends are continuing. There, there were people, there, we didn't do as well in the House races and others in this race. A lot of the dynamics were around Trump, and I think there were a number of, of kind of people moving away from the Republican Party but didn't move away enough. So they felt like, well, we're getting rid of, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden and their guilt at being a Republican made them then vote for their house or Senate member who was a Republican to kind of alleviate their tribalism. I'm hoping that some of those folks keep coming along in the future. Trends say they will, um, especially as the Republican party inevitably gets worse. And I know you don't believe they can, you being one, but they will. I mean, (laughs) believe it or not, it'll, it'll, it'll keep it going in this. I mean, now you have to accept as an article of faith that, that Joe Biden stole the election or you're not going to be able to win a Republican primary in at least two thirds of, of the States in this country, a whole lot of localities and for president, for president. That's right. You know, and like, that's what we're going to have going on. So, I mean, you know that we have to just accept that we've got to turn out newer voters. They're going to offend more and more people in the middle. We have to welcome them in with open arms. Mm. doesn't mean like we say, you now get to make all the rules, you know, hi, you know, Lincoln project or whatever. But it also means you don't say F you Lincoln project. Like some people on the far left are doing right. Like big tent coalition stick up for our values and what we believe in and invite people to join us who believe in democracy. You know, I, I, I don't know why you can't do all of that at once. Yeah, I think that's where you can really apply some civility. I think you need to apply some civility in this big tent portion of our political spectrum here. The Democratic Party that now includes some uh, you know, moderate conservatives, the as you said, the Never Trumper crowd, the Lincoln Project crowd, all the way down to the Elizabeth Warren left. All of these people have to play nice moving forward because the paradigm has changed. The way we approach elections strategically I mean, has to, because we're no longer in that period of time that you and I still remember, Cliff, where if the Republicans won, well, it wasn't going to be an, an existential crisis for the United States. You know, if right. the other guys got in, yeah, we'd have to, you know, grit our teeth and power through some shitty policy agendas. But beyond that, Bob, we weren't going to have to worry. We weren't going to have to worry about we weren't going to have to worry about the system falling apart. Right. Bob Dole was going to yell about his chair, <laughs> but he wasn't <laughs> right. going to blow the country up. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, you, you, you would get mo- not the kind of policies you wanted. You might even get a couple of good ones um, here and there. You know, I mean, look, there are even a couple of things that if they'd been carried out right and George W. Bush had been more competent, I would have been in favor of the mm-hmm. no child left behind, putting more money into education. Oh, yeah. If it had been done right, I would have been all for it. The problem is it was is 
they did things in a half-assed way no matter what they did. So it wasn't that all of their instincts were bad, but we're no longer there. Yeah. Every single worst instinct, again, as people point out again and again, you know, a, a, bug, a big point of, of what they do is cruelty. That's what fascism is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's based on the fasces, right? The, the sticks and the fist. Yep. It's based on crushing your opposition. It's based on humiliating them, pounding them into the ground. And I think that's a lot of what what we see among, you know, why Trump has this, this sort of hold on white working class men particularly, mm-hmm. but even other men, and we need to be honest about this, and sorry if people get upset, but he won a bigger share of of, of Latino men. He won a bigger share of African-American men. There's just this misogyny yeah. that appeals. It's, white men are the worst, especially in this country, certainly, mm-hmm. but it appeals to other men too. That this this you you sort of called it way back when <clears throat> when I think you just started basically regularly calling him Biff because you know <laughs> Biff Tannen from you know Back to the Future Two was based on what they thought a Donald Trump as sort of a leader you know <clears throat> a, a president type figure would look like and it was exactly right yeah it was like this trashy you know guy with the wife with the fake breasts and like he's cheating on her with four girls and the hot women in the hot tub and you know he's. <laughs> He's completely corrupt. He's completely violent. He's vicious. He's he's completely like gauche and has you know the worst haircut, yeah. and the worst clothes, and 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 for some reason that appeals to this segment. And I don't. I may offend people, but I don't care. It's like it's like a ver- It's like you know you know jukebox hero. It's white trash hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. White trash hero. This is because they all feel as powerless as Donald Trump feels like inside, and they seem to look at him and say he made it. Yeah, there's an there's an immense amount of tribalism surrounding toxic masculinity, and it's kind of shocking. We we've really seen this in the past two elections, certainly 2016, certainly this election too, and it's really bizarre to see. That kind of hero worship, that kind of defensiveness, that kind of wagon circling around someone who is soft, delicate, weak, impotent. I mean, that's the thing I think that confuses a lot of people as we observe Donald Trump in his final days, that so many people, 70 million people and whatever percentage of those 70 million are men going, yeah, he's a manly man. He's a guy's guy. When we all, the, all the rest right. of us know that he's absolutely the not those things. bone spurred, Kentucky fried chicken wing slurping, like, I mean... <laughs> you know it like again remember so here's the key part right you bring Mm -hmm. up that you brought up and you've always i've always thought that was a brilliant thing when you were you know calling him biff and you know making that connection clear but remember when they they change things they go back and biff's like the weak guy washing their car (laughs) like please don't hurt me that's who they knew it in that movie that's who donald trump really is underneath the stuff on the top is all an act. And you have all these working class white men who feel disempowered largely because of Republican policies. Yes, Democrats are responsible for some of this too, mm-hmm. uh, and especially in the 80s and 90s. I'm not going to deny it. But a lot, but the Republicans still believe in all this garbage where, you know, don't take care of anybody in any of these towns that are that are dying. Don't give them free broadband. Don't give people guaranteed health care. Don't try to, to provide job training so they can find other jobs and education. Get them in debt. Screw them. And so they feel powerless and they look at Donald Trump and, and, and they believe this bullshit story that was told by, you know, the, the the apprentice, that he's this guy that rose from the ashes and became this tough boss who ran things, you know, and, and you know, he grabbed those women's asses when they walked in front of him because he could do that because he's that kind of guy. And he'd fire people who weren't living up to him. And, and it, sadly, it seems we have to be honest, a lot of these guys, that's their dream. Yeah, exactly. Is to be that is to become that guy. 
that's powerful to them. The gold shitter and the wife who, who formerly posed naked as a model. Like, mm. This is what they want. Yeah, it's twisted. And it, it really is. Yeah. There's no way to get to it without psychology. So what do you make of all the firings and resignations over DOJ and Department of Defense, the Pentagon? Uh, are you alarmed? Are you unconcerned? Is this just them pretending to engage in a transition to a second term, you know, just to assuage the giant baby or what, what's going on? I mean, a lot, a lot of talk of uh, a coup attempt of some sort. What do you think? So I, as I was saying, like earlier, I think Donald Trump left his own devices if he had the support and the power. Absolutely. He has no respect for the United States of America, never has, never will. He has no respect for anything. Of course, he, if he thought he'd get away with a coup, he mm -hmm. would. Yeah. But I don't – that's not what I think is going on here because I don't think that there would ever be enough support for him from the people that matter that, to be able to make that happen because all of them loathe him. Right. Um, and – Seemingly, whatever we want to say about, you know, like I'll, I'll say seeing a lot of the generals and admirals and members of the CIA or former head, you know, top CIA folks speaking out for democracy kind of in a way reinvigorates you and reminds you that that we're not kind of where we were 30, 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these folks are steeped in democracy, care about diversity, care about these things. And it's kind of been that's one nice thing to be able to see that. You know, um, because there's, there's, of course, the Curtis LeMay and other type stereotype of these guys who just wanted to bomb everything from yeah. the 60s, you know, and a lot of that was based on truth. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, so so that's not what I'm worried about. What I'm worried about is and I think this is a legitimate, serious worry is so you're you know, what, what did Donald Trump do? What we already know he did or, or and Jared Kushner and this whole gang. We know that Cutter bailed out Jared Kushner yep. and they were threatening policy. And that'll all – I mean it seems obvious enough that it'll all come out. We know that that there was – that Donald Trump was negotiating a Trump Tower Moscow and was going to – was trading policy for it, like mm -hmm. you know, backing out with the RNC platform on what, what they, we had to say about the, the, um, the sovereignty of Ukraine and other countries. We know he's willing to trade secrets and policies and all sorts of things. So you're Donald Trump. What is it? $900 million is coming due? Yeah. In the next however many years, <laughs> you've got a defense department, right, mm -hmm. right? With all sorts of secrets there. Yeah. All sorts of military secrets, military technologies. And you're in a position for two more months. You've fired most of the inspector generals and that kind of thing. That if you can if you can put your cronies and he's put these Devin Nunez, Michael Flynn treasonous types, you know, tried to cover up Ukraine and Russia and all these other scandals. He's put them in positions there. Well, you know, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, remember when he first came in, he was talking about getting Saudi Arabia nuclear technology and everyone <laughs> balked and there was huge. I mean, like we were all like, are you fucking crazy? Jeez. I have no doubt in my mind that that was based on a deal of some sort of financial mm -hmm. deal yeah. for him. Yeah. Um, well, he just fired the guy that overwatched that, that watches over our nuclear technology in the Defense Department while also firing other people. God, that's yeah. what scares me is that yeah. I don't think he's going to I don't want worried about a coup. I'm worried that within a year we're going we're gonna to learn that Saudi Arabia has has nuclear technology or less and that it's because of Donald Trump. Unbelievable. Um, I'm yeah. worried. Right. I'm worried that he's going to trade God knows what secrets, sell out agents, sell out, you know, military bases, who knows what else and get people killed. Yeah. Good people serving their country. Um, that's what I'm worried about. Well, I sincerely hope that there are people inside the bureaucracy, at least, who are saving the documents, saving some sort of paper trail if this actually ends up going down, if he is actually selling off state secrets, if he's selling off nuclear technology to these rogue states, places like Saudi Arabia and so on, if this actually happens, 
we should at least have some kind of record of it preserved so he can be prosecuted because that is what is that that's sedition i mean he's he's selling top secret technology uh potentially to some foreign nation who could end up being hostile to the united states this isn't about some kind of branch of our foreign policy this is about enriching donald trump and he's selling it off so he can finance whatever bullshit he's going to do after he's done being president it's insane. And, you know, it occurred to me, Cliff, the other day that Trump can still be prosecuted for the Ukraine quid pro quo, his attempt to cheat in this election after he leaves office. I mean, there's an OLC memo uh, from DOJ dating back, I think it was 2000 or 2001, saying, yep, this is entirely possible. I mean, do you think a U.S. attorney is going to pick this up and run with it? And maybe even the obstruction of justice charges in the Mueller report. I mean, what do you think the scope of the potential prosecutions will be? And is there any limit? I mean, are we looking at a stack of them? Are we looking at them just kind of limiting it to a couple of things, sort of like Capone? Or uh, how is this going to go down? Well, the only limit is our imagination, Bob. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's very Willy Wonka of you, yeah. Yeah, I tried. Um, I, I mean, I, so it's interesting what you bring up about that. Now, I, I'm not a lawyer. I've, I haven't served in that capacity ever in the government. And mm-hmm. so I'm not sure, like, I, I still am concerned, you know, about can he pardon himself from all of that yeah. and what the legal bearing that is. I'm not smart enough on these things to be able to argue. I mean, I, I've heard arguments that it, that the presidents do not have self-pardoning power, but then you know, I've heard arguments they can get away with it. And, you know, that's where Donald Trump lives in that gray area. Yeah. But even let's say he were for Ukraine, Russia, all the other stuff. There's so many crimes that have been committed in so many jurisdictions where he cannot, as we know, he cannot uh, pardon himself for state crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the found the, the, the his Ponzi scheme foundation, um, the various money laundering crimes through banks, you know, you know, many of which are based in New York City. Uh, New York has a tremendous amount of jurisdiction over crimes. They, the Trump family is committed enough to probably put them all away for their entire lives, if not many lives. Mm-hmm. And then you start going to other jurisdictions too, you know, where he's got his, I promise you, you start going, there was tax and other kinds of fraud. If I'm, I'm remembering correctly, it was the, was it, I'm trying to remember, it was the one in, not the one in New Jersey, it was the property in Virginia. Well, Virginia is a, a democratic state, by the way, so is New Jersey at this point. They'll yeah. have democratic attorneys general. Um, Maryland, which where some of his stuff, some of his properties are, the District of Columbia, where Trump Tower is, uh, you know, his Trump Tower, uh, you know, in Chicago, where mm-hmm. everyone was out celebrating, you know, giving a big middle finger after we won the other day. Yeah. If you saw some of the stuff on CNN and whatever. <laughs> right. um, I mean, he has a lot of these places where these the, where the criminality has taken place, whether it's criminality while he's been in government or not been in government, uh, are in all sorts of jurisdictions where we've got democratic either, you know, city attorneys, attorneys general. So no, I, I mean, I think it would be frankly shocking to me and a crime if they were not to follow up and prosecute him. Cause my guess is it's all over the place. The man's never covered his tracks. Well, mm-hmm. cause he's never thought he had to, he's too stupid. He's too lazy, but he's also like, he's too arrogant. Yeah. I figured, you know, no one's ever made him pay for any of this stuff. And if they did like Trump university he pays 25 million and it goes away. You know what I mean? So I think this could be different. This should be different. It's, again, another reason why I think 
some of the state secrets and things, why I worry right now, why I worry about the nuclear technology, because, you know, if you're a Trump and you need to, to run out of the country and go somewhere where there's where they're not going to be able to yank your ass back here, um, where there's no extradition treaty, Riyadh would seem like a likely place with its palaces and its its bullshit. I mean, he can live in the same gold plated garbage there. He lives in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That seems exactly it's right. Idi Amin lived out his days, Bob. Just you know, a little thing from history. Yeah, Idi Amin got chased after out of Uganda for murdering <laughs> however many people. I mean, it's not you know, it's where Bin Laden spent a lot of his time. I mean, it, you know, Saudi Arabia is an unusual place. Yeah, for 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 vicious strongmen to to end up living. So that's. I mean, that's that's my concern. If, if we don't end up getting a prosecutor, my guess is it's because he successfully he and his family have successfully gotten out of the country. Yeah, there's the other possibility that I've been kind of thinking about, too, which is that uh, he's going to try to engage in some sort of pardon fuckery with himself. Now, I mean, obviously, he's going to pardon a bunch of other people. That's a fact. But I think he's going to try to at least pardon himself. And there's one or two ways he's going to actually go about it. One, he's just going to try to do it himself. He's just going to try to issue a pardon for Donald J. Trump. The other way is to temporarily resign from office, let Mike Pence come in, pardon Donald yep. Trump, and then resume being president up until January 20th. Now, both options will be challenged legally because they're clearly for nefarious intent, which I think limits the pardon right. power of the president. So I wonder which way he's going to go. But the, the other thing interesting about either of those scenarios is it admits defeat. It admits that he's going to be leaving office on January 20th. So it's kind of, there's a teeny tiny silver lining to the possibility of him putting him. So it's going to be a confession that he lost the election. A concession, right. really. Right. Well, we should take that as a concession and like, yeah. put it on TV. Like, thank you for conceding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> make sure to like put ads up on Fox. It's a Lincoln Project kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, But he would immediately retract then, wouldn't he? If he, if he found out that it was he, kind of him admitting that he lost. It. It's like the code red thing. You know, I ordered the code red. Yeah, right. Right. I'm not. I'm not parting myself. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but again, it doesn't get to the point of the states. Yeah. The only thing he can do when it comes to the states that I can think of, and you know, please tell me if you could think of other things, is he can try to use federal power before he leaves to threaten various folks in states, threaten their families. Let's say it's Letitia James, mm -hmm. and he thinks he has something on a brother or uh, somebody, yeah. you know, and tries to make nefarious deals with people not to pursue prosecution. Of it. I mean, what else can he do? He can't pardon himself. So it's only if he has leverage mm -hmm. in some way that he can use to get various state actors to not do it. Otherwise, I don't know of anything else he can do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to what goes down with Letitia James, by the way, since you mentioned her, because um, while her current investigations, her current prosecution of Trump in New York State is a serious deal, the fact of the matter is that the current path that she's taking isn't one that will result in prison. If she's successful, and she's been successful so far with this shit, she's going to end up shutting down the Trump Organization. That's pretty miraculous. That'll be a pretty interesting thing to see that go down. And again, nothing that he does or doesn't do is going to change that. I mean, considering that she got Trump University shut down, she got, uh, I think that was her, she, she certainly got the Trump Foundation shut down. I know that for a fact. And, uh, and now the Trump Organization is on the chopping block. And there's really nothing you can do about that. It's pretty what impressive resume build. <laughs> yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. And so I think 
uh, knowing this, I, I hope some of the prosecutions do uh, end up being criminal indictments rather than just civil oh, yeah. indictments. So that's what I've been looking at uh, as well. well. I mean, the money laundering stuff and all of that, I mean, that went through New York banks. Like, how can that not be criminal? I oh, mean, yeah. I'll be angry. If, I mean, if they just if they try to let him out on any kind of a civil because, again, you know, in a civil uh, procedure because he can find ways to generate money. Mm-hmm. We know that. Again, yeah. he'll sell secrets or Jesus Christ. I mean, it's he's so pathetic that, you know, in a lot of these countries now, he's famous enough. I'm sure they'll do like appearance fees. Yeah. You know, like meet Don Jr., you know, at the, in the alley behind the, the slop club, <laughs> you know, in some fucking like hole in Bangkok somewhere. And they'll like... <laughs> no, for, you know, for 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 four hundred Thai baht or whatever. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, you you know that's their future, and, and mm. so they can generate revenue as much as I want to rip them. And so money's not enough. Like they need, there needs to be criminal time to the point where they're either in jail, or the only reason they're not in jail is they fled this country, and that still sucks. But at least. We're through with them. Yeah. One thing I'm looking forward to, Cliff, remember that uh, picture of Mitt Romney right after the 2012 election where he's filling gas and his hair is kind of disheveled? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing that kind of picture, but with Trump in it, like some sort of sad sack photograph that kind of emphasizes the agony of defeat. I mean, there's something so immensely satisfying about watching this bully crash and burn. That's why I'm not overly freaking out about all of these weird things that he's doing during the transition, because I I find it so entertaining seeing this unforgivable rat bastard finally getting his comeuppance and knowing that it's endgame for him. There's nothing he can do to wiggle out of this. I mean, yeah, he can try some fuckery with pardons or whatever, but he cannot remain president. There is no path for him whatsoever. And given the way he's behaved, all of this bullshit about how he's the greatest and he's always winning and that's his brand, it's such a beautiful thing to see that falling apart, isn't it? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? And again, Mary Trump was saying today the best thing to use against someone like him is mockery mm-hmm. because it's the worst, which we, you know, we've thought for a while is, is you know, that that gets to him in a way because he's so insecure. I mean, and, I mean, and there's so much of it yeah. to use. I mean, again, like he he has has for any, you know, right now. Uh, for any challenger taking on an incumbent president, Joe Biden has won the largest share of the vote since FDR in mm-hmm. 1930. He just passed Ronald Reagan right. in, the, in his share of the vote. You know, it, 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 more than that, Donald Trump is one of three incumbents, you know, to, to lose an election in almost 100 years. He's, he, he's the only one to lose the popular vote twice. He's the only one to be impeached. You know, and I mean, like the just the the shame on top of shame. Yeah, exactly. Is, is you know that you that needs to be heaped upon him. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's and, what I would do. And no one's really put this together yet, but someone's got to make a super cut, a super edit, uh, a video of all the times Trump spent busting on Joe Biden at his rallies, saying that he's the worst candidate in the world. And if I ever lose to this horrible, horrible Democrat, that I'm just never going to be here again. I'm never going to see you again. I'm just going to disappear. And actually, now that I think about it, He's kind of doing that. Donald Trump is kind of disappearing. I mean, there hasn't been a chopper talk. There hasn't been anything. A press gaggle in the Oval. None of that has actually happened. So maybe what we're seeing here is the the disappearance of Donald Trump, making good on that promise to vanish from public view. I, I love it so yeah. much. 
Well, you know it, and you know he wants to be out there. He craves the attention and all mm. that, but at the same time, clearly, he's so damaged. And, you know, losing an election um, in that fashion would be difficult for anybody. Yeah. I mean, nor- a normal human losing a presidential election, you know, whatever, or, or whatever it is in your life is sort of the the, the highest kind of, you know, uh, goal that you have mm-hmm. and do having that happen to you very publicly, yeah. you know, losing it has got to be absolutely awful. Right. But for him, you know, it's, it's a whole nother level from, you know, what Al Gore or Mitt Romney or, or John Kerry or folks like that went through, because again, like they're relatively complete human beings, whether mm-hmm. you like any, all of them or not. Yeah. You know, who have a relative at least sense of themselves and sense of of what matters in life and whatever, you know, I mean, I'm not a big lover of Mitt Romney, but he seems to actually care about his family, you know, and and, uh, and he's been successful in business, I'd argue in the shittiest form of business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so there, there are some even these other folks are people that have all had other accomplishments, other things that make them whole. Yeah. Donald Trump will never be whole. And mm-hmm. like he, he, this just, I think will tear at him even that much worse. Oh yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know, after LBJ pulled out of the election, you know, and did not run for reelection in 68, you know, he, he, he was, he died in, by 73. Oh yeah. He was gone. I mean, yeah. You know, within just a few years, it was kind of amazing to yeah. go back and see that history uh, and know that he just faded away that rapidly. He did, and then and died because the hey hey LBJ, how many kids did you killed? All the Vietnam stuff yeah. took its toll. Mm-hmm. McCarthy ended up, you know, going away into alcoholism and dying young too. Just to give you examples of people who who sort of disappeared from public life in somewhat ignominious ways. I mean, I'm not comparing the two because. Obviously, in Vietnam, LBJ was horrible. On domestic policy, he may have even surpassed FDR. Yeah. So at least there was a positive to what LBJ accomplished in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just sort of making the point about people that disappear in kind of this, you know, in this depressed, you know, kind of way where they don't, you know, they don't know what to do with themselves, especially losing that way when you don't have a sense of yourself. I mean, I, I mean, I could see Donald Trump. Everybody's like he's going to run again in 2024. I mean, quite honestly, I can see him not being alive anymore in 2024. <laughs> yeah, he's, that's a I mean, very real possibility. I'm not saying to be a dick, but I mean, like he's had COVID. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, he already you could see in those in those, you know, the doctors be like, he's fit like bull. <laughs> he is strongest human ever. And like you, and you look at the medical charts, you're like, that shows heart disease. I mean, yeah. I'm a doctor, but I can look at that and see that shows he has heart disease. I mean, mm-hmm. he eats terribly, doesn't exercise, he's stressed ridiculously, you know, he's rages all the time, you know, like a child. I mean, he I I I think it's you know believable that a man of his age and his shape may not, you know, and now he's gonna have to go through this depression. Um, so no, I do think you think he's going to disappear in a horribly embarrassing way. And again, may have to actually run out of the country. Yeah. And all of his disciples threatened to disappear. I mean, you know, in fact, it's not just his disciples. Cause we saw this in 2009 when Barack Obama first ascended to the presidency, you saw this movement occur. I think Michelle Malkin was involved in it too. This kind of, I am John Galt thing where they were planning on, pulling themselves out of the American economy and kind of forming their own Galt's Gulch, you know, from, uh, what is it? Atlas shrugged. Is that the, right. is that yeah. the Ayn Rand book yes. with Galt's Galt's Gulch? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what they were yes. planning on doing. And I noticed that 
Dinesh Douchebag yesterday was threatening the same thing. We should all, all Trump supporters should withdraw from the United States and we should not participate in the economy and participate in the politics anymore. And then today, this Mississippi Republican, Price Wallace, said that Mississippi should succeed from the union, which (laughs) he didn't even get the word. Yeah years of taking our tax money that's right um, but he couldn't even get the word right he couldn't even land on secede he, he said succeed <laughs> from the union it's very, it's very grand to be completely stupid about politics and english at the same time <laughs> that's so right but, had tip there but from a practicality point of view mississippi's economy is 48th in the united states it's 50th in healthcare, 45th in infrastructure 44th in fiscal sustainability now imagine if they actually <clears throat> succeeded and left the union they would lose all of that federal aid and it would just become one big homeless crisis in mississippi it would just be an economic disaster for everyone there I mean, I said something out the other day, make fun of the senator from Indiana, Braun, or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. which sounds about right. It is Braun, Eva, <laughs> I'm sure, Eva. Um, and he's like, well, if you take California out, then the popular vote was equal, which I don't even know if that's true, probably. But, but like, I was like, why, yes, if you take out the the the, 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 the state with one-eighth of our population in the United States, with the fifth largest economy in the world on its own. Yeah. You know, where two of the last five Republican presidents come from, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, how about if we take out Indiana from this, the union and then the Democrats will have a, a majority in the Senate right now? That's right. We do that. I mean, it's, but my point, the point is, is that look, all the places where people create anything in this country, for the most part of value are our places. Mm-hmm. Are there exceptions? Absolutely. But but it's not even just about states. OK, I live in, in sadly, what is a lean red state. I, I was hoping for the best uh, for us to, to, to go blue this year, but mm-hmm. we didn't. Uh, we did win a state Supreme Court seat, so that was something. Um, in you know Ohio, of course, but where in Ohio is everything produced? Where is Procter and Gamble, which you know give gave you your, your ba- most you know basic soap? First, yeah. before anything else, there's this huge company marketing and advertising behemoth. Well, it's in Cincinnati, of course. Where's the limited, you know, the, the clothing brand and all this sort of stuff in Columbus? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you go through all this stuff, where's progressive insurance in Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not out in bumfuck in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, even in, in, in Republican, where the Republicans sadly have the numbers because of rural areas and exurban areas in states where every all the economic activity is going on is where we are, which is why all these right wing assholes who scream and yell and complain in the media complex. Why isn't Fox News, you know, based in, in uh, you know, based in sort of woebegone? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, why isn't why isn't uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh? Why does he live in Miami? Yeah. Why does he live in, in you know, somewhere on the panhandle of yeah. Florida? Yeah, right? exactly. Like they they all scream and yell about liberal culture, this and liberal. It's liberal culture of tolerance, diversity, promotion, and exception of different ideas. Gee, what a crazy idea in business, right? Yeah. Um, and all that kind of stuff. It leads to the creativity. It leads to brilliant companies, brilliant creative works of art, whether they be film and television and and literature and what I mean. You know, that, this is why they all choose to live in our areas. Yeah. So, like, go ahead, Dinesh Douchebag, or however you pronounce it. <laughs> like, go ahead, man. What do you give to the economy? <laughs> like, you're the dude who went to prison because you weren't smart enough to, to friggin' figure out a way to have a friend of yours give a campaign contribution. Yeah. And you paid them back publicly. 
You're the guy that was was the president of a Christian college and showed up to conferences at this Christian college, introducing a woman as your wife who wasn't your wife. Like, I would know not to do that in a Christian college. Conference, right. But you can figure that out. Yeah. I mean, you want to pull out of the economy? Go right ahead, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not really scared of it. Okay, we'll get back to our conversation with Cliff here in just a second, but there's never been a more important time to have a supply of reliable respirator face masks. From increasing group events to school reopenings to the rise in COVID in the United States right now, wearing a face mask is the first line of defense against getting sick. The director of the CDC testified under oath before Congress that wearing a face mask is more important than getting a vaccine when it comes to reducing the spread of COVID in our country. Until that vaccine comes out, you gotta have a mask. And only respirator face masks provide medical grade protection and only FDA authorized respirator masks provide the quality required. The New Deal Shop.com has FDA authorized respirator masks ready to ship now and every pouch comes with verifiable anti-fraud labeling so you know they work. Trust the mask medical professionals are using. Go to the New Deal Shop.com and get FDA authorized U.S. tested respirator face masks now with free immediate shipping for my listeners. Bulk pricing is also available too so you can get the masks you need affordably and quickly. Keep yourself, keep your family safer and healthier this fall. That's thenewdealshop.com. Thank you. The Bob Show. Do you think we should change how we visualize a, an electoral map, how we visualize the results of an election on a map of the United States? Because there is still this constant issue where I think a lot of people in those Midwestern states, especially some of the states where no one really lives, where a majority of the landmass is just dirt and sand. Where cows outnumber people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me, and, and there's obviously been some experimentation along these lines for years. I've seen these kind of maps, uh, kind of distorted looking maps going back to 2004. But it seems to me as if the uh, cable news networks, the broadcast networks need to change up how they visualize the results of an election, because I think it's giving um, a false impression of where the people are. Yeah. Yeah. I think land equals people. No, you're entirely right. There was something I want to say it was um, a French news organization and it was on Twitter maybe maybe a week ago. Well, no, it was. Yeah, a week ago right after the election or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like that. They did it in this really cool way where they showed like a round dot for every electoral vote in each of the states. Yeah. And they showed them as blue or red. So you could see in each state how many you know, get an idea of how many people we were talking about it didn't matter how big the landmass was you know if it was montana there were three dots you know what i mean and if it was california there were 55 and yeah. that gives you the idea of what it is we're talking about something like that you know you don't have to distort i mean you can that's another way to do it but i don't think that's even necessary i think the way this french company or or, or news organization did it was the way it should be done mm-hmm. uh, right. and i think it would give people some real perspective as, you know in terms of what we're looking at do you think we can now rabbit season, duck season the Republicans into supporting uh, the abolishing of the Electoral College now now that they've been screwed by the Electoral College? Not the way we've been screwed by winning the popular vote, but losing right. the Electoral College. But now they've lost the Electoral College in a way that uh, is probably pissing them off right about now. But they're afraid to go there because of what happened uh, in 2016. But do you think yeah. at some point we can now get them on board to say, look, this is an arcane system. We don't need it 
anymore. It's ineffective. It, it's from a different time, a different mindset in this country, and we can just go to a national popular vote. Do you think we can get their support on that at least, or are they just going to indiscriminately just say the opposite of whatever it is we say, irrespective of whether it's consistent? Uh, I think eventually we can. I was hoping uh, among for uh, for obvious reasons for you know for the landslide it would produce to win yeah. Texas this time, but I also was hoping for Texas for that reason. Um, and and you know they may still delude themselves. I think what what was Texas the end about a five point difference? Yeah, it was or tight. so something. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like it was before. And I think at, you're, you're at the point now where. In the end, once they're done counting all the provisional ballots, they may only win North Carolina by 25 or 30,000 votes. Wow. North Carolina certainly is no longer safe for them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, Georgia ain't safe for them. Texas has gotten this close now, and they don't even go into – they did well in Ohio. They did well in Florida. But even going into elections, those two are not guarantees for them. So you're now at a point where we start an election yawning with North Car- with uh, uh, California, New York, Illinois, and New Jersey. And maybe I'm even missing some other big states in our back pocket. Virginia, We yeah. know we have yeah. Virginia, right. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we, we know they're ours. Yeah. They're at a point now where the biggest state they start off with with a guarantee of winning is 11, is 11 electoral votes, Tennessee, and, yeah. and another and Indiana, also 11. That might convince them to change when yeah. we start off with California and New York and the places we start off with. Um, because they're, they're, they, you know, once Texas, once they can lose, legitimately lose Texas, and, and even Republicans who are saying, you know, this time they didn't think the Democrat that we would win Texas. They were saying, but the improvements that have been made, it will never again be a safe Republican state. Mm-hmm. It will be a swing state. And well, you know, you want to start off in that position. That's a, that's a, that's kind of a nice position for us to start off in. So yes, I do think some of them will suddenly find Jesus on that one and yeah. at least start talking about, you know, how to reform the system. But I mean, you know, there's also the other side of it, which is they can't win the popular vote. They really need to, to change their party and what they stand for and sort of stop being in 1880 and then they'll have a chance to win. And, and, you know, I think generationally that may take 10 or 20 years um, because they're just the, how now they've so propagandized their oldest adherence, mm-hmm. you know, into thinking all these crazy things yeah. um, about race and gender and whatever and other and vast conspiracies that how do you unring that bell and try to move to the middle and still keep those voters? It's a pretty tough thing to, to manage. And maybe they can. Sadly, it seems Susan Collins managed it in Maine somehow. So it's obviously not impossible to manage. But um, it gets tougher for them. So we'll have to see what they choose there. What was really fascinating to me is that Florida is not nearly as relevant anymore as it used to be. Now, since the Democrats created this solid blue state in Virginia, it seems to make it less necessary to win Florida. And if Texas finally flips, maybe by 2028, uh, 2032, somewhere around there, then suddenly Florida is kind of just off the map as far as being a swing state. I don't right. mean to I don't mean to offend anyone who's listening in Florida who's a Florida uh, resident who fights hard for the Democratic Party. But I mean, you know, just you come from an absolutely bonkers fucking state. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. I'm it's just, just a hot you know, mess. Make, look, I will make make you guys in Florida feel better. Mm. Um, we're irrelevant too. Yeah, I was hoping Ohio would go blue because that would keep Ohio relevant. The two preeminent swing states. 
uh, you know, for 20 to 25 years now have been Ohio and in Florida. And this election may rendered both of them meaningless. Uh-huh. Um, they, they're meaningful to Republicans. Mm-hmm. Republicans need them and keep coming here. But the Democratic Party doesn't need them. Yeah. I mean, once you as you said, once Colorado and Virginia are no are, are barely, if at all, swing states anymore, they're pretty much solid blue states at this point. Um, and on top of that. Uh, you, you still you you've now added to Michigan and Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, some of these other ones. You've added Arizona. You've added you know Georgia. You've added North Carolina. You know you've added Texas, which is increasingly not quite there, but getting there. Florida and and and, and uh, you know Florida and and Ohio just don't matter yeah. anymore yeah. if you're a, if you're in the Democratic Party. I mean I hate to say it because I live here and I want them to spend their dollars here, you know, and mm-hmm. I want them. But I mean we've got to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. You know, Florida and, and Ohio, I just I don't think they're going to they're they're just not going to be the same uh, in terms of importance anymore. One last thing I want to ask you about, Cliff, is uh, just north of sure. Florida, we have the great state of Georgia. And today, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution released the first poll for the runoff elections there, the Senate runoff. And in uh, what they're calling Senate A, Senate race A, Purdue is leading Ossoff by four points, 50 to 46, undecided right now. It happens to be four points. So, again, my theory, register voters and get them to the goddamn polls, Democrats. It's going to be close. Yeah, yeah. And bring that fucker down by reminding people that Loeffler wasn't the only one that insider traded on the knowledge of COVID. So did, so did Purdue. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we emphasize that. Yes, go after them both on taking away health care on pre-existing conditions, but yep. also go after them on the, on the insider trading stuff. That's right. That's and- and, and then okay. I, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, too, saying that he's going to block Joe Biden's nominees for his cabinet uh, is probably good motivation to get Democrats out to vote. I think if Mitch sure. McConnell is one of the best drivers of Democratic turnout in the history of the Republican Party. Thanks, Mitch McConnell. Uh, but me, yeah, me an ugly turtle mug on every on, on ads, you know, quite frankly. Uh, meanwhile, in uh, in uh, the Loeffler Warnock race. Loeffler's winning uh, 49 to 48. So it's a one-point race in the polls in Senate race B, runoff B. Undecided is is 3%. So that particular one is just tantalizingly close. I think these are winnable. What do you think? I mean, do you think that these are uh, winnable races for Warnock and Ossoff? This should be treated like a presidential election. we got yep. two months, you know, and I think they're both absolutely winnable. They, they each control the other's fate a lot. Mm-hmm. So you're not at cross purposes. You're working at turn folks out. Um, if I had to pick, I'd say because Loeffler doesn't have the name recognition, you know, Purdue, he has, has, has the most Southern named uh, cousin in the history of the world. Yeah. Sonny is his cousin who was the governor and secretary of agriculture now under Trump. And so, I mean, right. Purdue is a more famous political name in Georgia. Purdue is, is, in, is an incumbent in that he won election. So he's in a stronger position. There's no doubt. I think we will win the Warnock race, Mm. I'll say right now. The other one I think I'm more worried about, I think we can win it, but I think the other one we're really going to have to go just all out um, and run a terrific campaign, and I think we can win them both, which is what we need to do. Yeah, and I want to add that anyone who's concerned about the Lincoln Project suddenly turning and becoming pro-Republican— they're going to be pumping a lot of ads and a lot of money into these uh, runoff campaigns in support of the Democrats. So just so you know, this doesn't have anything to do necessarily with Donald Trump in Georgia. So the fact that I think the Lincoln Project is getting involved in there, I think uh, 
that's a good sign. That's a very good sign for the the future of uh, that particular faction of the party, right? I would agree 100. percent You know, they said they're gonna they're gonna go after all of the enablers, the collaborators, the Vichy Republicans, and that's yeah. what they're doing. And that's what we that's I, I'm very happy they are doing that. Well, speaking of collaborators, holy shit, Cliff Schechter. Um, I was amazed to be scrolling through Twitter the other day and to notice a video from Fox News Channel featuring someone from your past. Cleta Mitchell somehow was not shamed out of television after you destroyed her on MSNBC back in 2006. Cleta Mitchell is still around, and are you going to uh, dust off your cable news camera? Should I challenge her? Yes! Should I challenge her (laughs) to Honestly, that was one of the best TV moments, probably the best TV moment, let's be honest, I ever had. It was so much fun. Uh, afterwards, it was like almost what I said to her came to me via osmosis. It just kept coming, what to say to her. And, yeah. um, you know, it went a little bit viral in an, in an era pre-Twitter. It was 2006, I mm-hmm. believe, yep. and, and really when Facebook was in its infancy, so it didn't go as viral as it probably would today. But I appreciate your sending that out. Bob and uh, sharing it with a whole new generation uh, of people who <laughs> a bunch of people ended up following me after that and, and being like, Oh my God, congratulations. So thank you. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I'm, I, I, I try to be humble. I'm not like, I'm not the greatest thing in the world, but I'm not going to lie and claim I'm not proud of that moment. That yeah. was, I mean, one of my happiest moments ever on television and it was, it was fun. So yeah. uh, good to see Cleta again. I hope we we'll get to discuss <laughs> things uh, in another kind discussion. TV, <laughs> podcast, I'll do it anywhere Cleta wants to go. <laughs> I will have this I will have a conversation with her. Yeah. Um, uh, relive, you know, it's like a college court or high school quarterback going back and wanting to replay the game. Right. Well, I want to go relive live my best moment. <laughs> well, your only mistake <laughs> is calling it a conversation, man. You steamrolled her. I mean, that was just a full juggernaut. Not only your best moment, but maybe one of the great moments in the history of cable news so far of just someone getting absolutely destroyed. So well done, my friend. Thank you. I will always uh, hold that that appearance close to my heart, Bob. Cliff Schechter, the uh, the show is called The Unprecedented Podcast with you and John Aravosis. That is on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, sexyliberal.com, your podcast superstation. Make sure to subscribe and give a five-star rating and reviews to all of the uh, shows on the uh, entire network. So thank you for doing that. Cliff, it was such a pleasure to talk to you again, uh, my friend, and we'll see you next time. Always my pleasure, buddy. Take care. Take it easy. Bye-bye. The season of giving thanks is upon us right now. The special day of turkey, family, and football will be here before you know it. Before gathering with your family to share in your Thanksgiving traditions, it's important to allow some extra time for you. The time you need to take care of yourself and to look your best for your loved ones. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you can look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes, visibly reduced wrinkles, fine lines, and even under-eye bags in just a matter of minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, too. Numbers 11 and crow's feet take 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes we are talking about photoshop in a can you can try a six application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit buyplx.com slash sexy liberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexy liberal this order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee in case you don't like it make those wrinkles lines and under eye bags disappear with plexiderm visit buyplx.com slash sexy liberal or call 800-685-1292 and say the code sexy liberal at checkout. Thank you.